going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 86. Saw the draft. We got the winners and losers at halftime. And the usual baseball and basketball. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a good week. Uh Pretty much the exact same thing that we've been in the last few weeks, except for the draft talks a little bit different this time because uh, it, it happened. So shout out to all of our Twitter followers as well that give us follows over this past week. We pretty much doubled our following on Twitter, which is mm-hmm. good to see. Without further ado, let's get into the opener. Uh, I believe you just have the Jets and it, what what. What did you like about the Jets this past week, Skyler? Yes, this was uh, what I believe to be a franchise-changing draft. They got three players in, uh, we'll say, a top 15 range of all the prospects in the first round. Jermaine Johnson falling to 26 helps a lot. Um, Brees Hall, many people believe to be the best running back we got in the second round. Should be uh, exciting with him and Michael Carter. And some depth in the fourth round, too. Yeah. Also, sorry, I forgot about Jeremy Ruckert, Ohio State tight end. Yeah, that's your third never, tight end. That's your Foster Moreau now, dude. I know, right? Uh, and this is pretty much my team report, too, since it's all yeah. Jets. Just uh, a great week. I, I love all the guys we drafted. Um, big weekend for the Jets. Yeah. My... Opener is got to be the Dubs stealing game one against the Grizzlies. That was a super fun game to watch. Jordan Poole went ham at 31 points, nine assists, and eight rebounds. Clay hit a game winner and also played some defense right at the buzzer, too, to help us seal that victory. GP2 had a poster. It was just an all around good game. Game two's tonight. And uh, we'll have both me and Skyler's predictions for how that series will go and how every other series will go uh, later on in the show in the second half. On to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. And with that, we're going with five different guys because uh, the Mets threw a combined hitter over this past week. So we went with Tyler McGill, who threw five, the first five innings of that. And then after that, I'm pretty sure the guys just went one inning, one inning, one inning, one inning. Uh, so Drew Smith, Julie Rodriguez, Seth Lugo and Edwin Diaz closed it out for the Mets in their 3-0 victory over the Phillies. It's the second no-hitter in New York Mets franchise history. Skyler, you got to know who's, who's the first one, right? It was Seaver, right? No. No. Santana? Johan Santana. Thank, okay. Yeah, man. That was, that was a I big deal. I can guess is not that bad in the long history of the Mets. That's true. Tom Seaver's <laughs> a good guess, but I thought that thought the left-hander would have – Stuck out to you a little bit for whatever reason, but uh, yeah. that actually ended up fucking up his career too because uh-huh. he threw like 150 pitches and <laughs> was he got like hurt the next start. So now you understand why people are okay with Kershaw getting pulled. Yeah. So <laughs> congrats to the Mets there and uh, off to a good start for both New York teams and both mm-hmm. LA teams too. Uh, let's go ahead and get the team reports. Skyler kind of already did his. So as far as the Raiders go, I'll just go over what we did in the draft because we didn't have anything in day one and didn't really have anything until the later part of day two as well. We took Dylan Parham, who's a guard from Memphis with our first pick at pick 90. We originally had pick 86. Uh, we traded that to the Titans. They ended up taking Malik Willis there. 
and then uh, took Parham at number 90. Zamir White's probably the most notable pick throughout this draft class for the Raiders. Uh, MJD, he compared Zamir White to Adrian Peterson. I don't know if we're oh. going to see that, but uh, if we got anything close to Adrian Peterson, I'd be very, very happy with this Zamir White pick. Looks like just absolute bowling ball of a running back, so I'm happy to have him. Uh, Neil Farrell Jr., we took in the fourth round as well. He had one of the highest run grades, uh, run stop grades in college football last year. So just a deep tackle. It's going to be run stuffer like that. And then Matthew, but uh, Matthew Butler, Thayer Munford Jr. And Britton Brown were the rest of the guys or rest of the team's picks. Nothing too crazy. Just kind of took best player available. So I'm content with that. And uh, yeah. on to uh rookie mini camp that starts next week. But before that, before we get the spotlight, before we get to anything else, let's go ahead and talk about our favorite number 86 because mm-hmm. it is episode 86. Skyler, who is your favorite number 86? I'm going to go with Ocho Hines, Saints. not Ocho Cinco, Hines Ward, Steelers wide receiver, won the Super Bowl MVP with them when they played Seattle, played there his entire career. He coached the Jets for a little bit and he's going to be a head coach for the XFL when it starts in 2023. So that's pretty cool for him. The resume keeps going and already looking like a possible hall of fame guy in a couple of years. So good for Heinz Ward. Yeah. And he's also looking like he's going to be an NFL head coach here in the near future too, because of his, uh, he, he was pretty good running in the Texans head coach yeah. job. And then they ended up going with Lovey Smith, but, uh, I don't blame the Texans going with that because, they hired some coach that doesn't have any head coaching experiences and then became shit. Then that one, I'm thinking it'd be so, a mess. Yes. Uh, yeah. As far as my favorite number 86, I went with the Bay area product, Zach Ertz, uh, one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end in Philadelphia Eagles history, uh, three-time pro bowler, one-time Super Bowl champ with the Eagles team. And then recently just signed a extension, I believe with the, the Cardinals over this past year, uh, went to Monta Vista and yeah, dude's a stud. So Zach Ertz, that leads us into spotlight. Skyler, tell me about the man that I had for my first spotlight. Yes. Ben Joyce. Ben Joyce strikes again, everybody in a game over the weekend against Auburn. He threw the fastest pitch in college baseball history at 105.5 miles per hour. That's a Rawls Chapman level. Uh, this dude is pretty ridiculous, especially for for just a setup man. You could understand why Tennessee's the number one team in the nation. You know, is it's crazy. <laughs> so uh, we'll keep Bale an eye on that team. He's a uh, grade below me. Nice. Yeah, you were shit talking in my rookie year, though, or not my rookie year, my freshman year. I Did that work? That, uh, well, he was playing right field on the varsity team his freshman year. I guess it was my sophomore year and uh, a couple of kids on my team knew him. So they were like jokingly shit talking to him. Uh, okay. But I want to talk about Giannis and his future goat resume. Cause I'm looking at this stuff now and I think I might be a guy that in 10 years or so, when Giannis is done playing, I'm saying this man is the greatest basketball player to ever play in the history of the NBA And we're looking at just 27-year-old Giannis, and this is his resume so far. Six-time All-Star, NBA champ, obviously, NBA Finals MVP, obviously, as well. 
uh, five-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defensive team, most improved player of the year, two-time MVP, defensive player of the year. And he's just now getting into his prime. So if we get, I mean, I know the rings are kind of tough because you kind of can't really predict that as much as these other stats, but if he gets another MVP, gets a couple more rings and he starts getting the same amount of rings that LeBron has, I think there's definitely going to be a good amount of people say that Giannis is at least better than Braun uh, and maybe even better than Jordan when it's all said and done. Obviously a long ways to go. I'm just saying. Definitely on your, pace for uh, some of those counting stats for sure. Yeah. Put it in your peripheral vision and maybe we'll come back to it in 2032. Whoa. Uh, but that does it for the opener and all our beginning stuff there. Let's go ahead and get to where's your head at where we're talking about our player pitcher and rookie of the week. We'll start it off with player of the week. Skyler, who is it? All right. My player of the week is going to be Aaron judge. He had eight for 22. That's a 364 average four homers and 10 RBIs this week. And also the Yankees didn't lose this week. They're on a 10 game winning streak. So uh, that weighs heavily for me, Aaron judge player of the week. Yeah. Aaron judge is a good guy to go with. And uh, I went with him too, because he was going ham. He's destroying balls left and right uh, and center too. He hit like a 450 foot home run to dead center against the Royals over this past weekend. So I went with Aaron judge and that leads us into pitcher of the week which I think we might have the same guy here. I'm not going with any Mets. I'm, I'm going to go with, with any Mets either. Okay. I'm going to go with Dylan Cease for <sighs> this one. Seven innings, one hit, 11 Ks against the Angels. But why it's more than this, Kyle, is because he also threw six innings of two-run baseball and a no decision with nine strikeouts against Kansas City a couple of days before. That's two quality starts in one week. Yeah, Dylan Cease is very good. Uh, I decided to not go with Dylan Cease, so I did see his performances, and I decided to go with Joe Ryan instead. Seven innings, one hit, nine Ks. Uh, didn't allow a run in those seven innings as well. Stude is going to be a stud. Uh, so that's good to see. Good to see for the Twins because they need pitching. And uh, so he's my pitcher of the week, and I guess that pretty much leads into what my rookie of the week is going to be as well as I chose Joe Ryan. Yeah, and uh, don't be too upset with me, Kyle, because Joe Ryan is my rookie of the week. Like you said, the seven innings, one hit, nine Ks. Uh, he finished April with a one one seven ERA. That's pretty crazy. I had my eye on this guy, but I definitely didn't think he'd have uh, this crazy of a start. Yeah, he's a, a product of the Nelson Cruz trade last year when the Twins traded him over to the Rays and then received Joe Ryan back from that. So it looks like that trade is working out pretty well for the Twins uh, in hindsight. Yes. Well, one month, pretty much one month through the MLB season. We just got into May a couple days ago, and I guess MLB season started on April 7th. But we're into the calendar month of May. Uh, so we're going to predict the playoff teams that we see in each league so far. We've got some hot starts for both teams in New York and both teams in LA. We've got some slow starts, especially in Cincinnati. I don't think they're going to make it on either of our playoff teams here, but we'll start it off with the AL. Uh, I'll start from the top, I guess. Who is number one seed? I think you did a little bit more differently as far as your confidence of these teams making the playoffs. So who is that number one team? Number one, either way, you know, however, I would have done it. Uh, it's still mm -hmm. the Yankees at the top here. They're they're bombing, and I, I we have another Yankees topic, so I won't I won't finish my whole 
Yankee spiel here, but yeah, it's the Yankees at the top. I didn't go with the Yankees at the top. I went with the Blue Jays at the top. I think they're just going to have the ability to be a bit more consistent and they got a lot more depth, I think, than the Yankees do. Uh, both teams might win 100 games this year, but I'm going with the Jays as that number one spot in the AL. Next up, number two. Number two, I have the Angels. Still currently in first place in their division, so that helps them out. And it's the guys they have right now, Trout, Otani, Rendon, obviously they're all healthy. They're all playing excellent. And, you know, if this continues throughout the year, I have no reason to move them down. Yeah. My number two seed is going to be the Twins. They, if Byron Buxton stays healthy, I think he has a chance to be win MVP this year. He's already had a ton of big hits for them. Uh, if he doesn't stay healthy, then I don't think the Twins probably end up on this list. But once they get Correa going and the rest of the guys pitching well, obviously Joe Ryan being one of them, this team is going to be a pretty tough team to beat, especially with how the White Sox have had a slow start to the season with injuries and just poor, poor baseball. Next up, three seed. I have the Jays here. I know they're they're obviously not going to be the three seed in uh, in the playoffs if the Yankees are winning the division, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll say the third most wins in the American League. I have the Jays. They mash. Rotation's been great so far. Uh, same with the pen. Romano uh, mostly has been shut down. I know he was struggling a little bit, but it's all good for uh, for Toronto right now, back home. Yeah. Number three seed for me, I went with Seattle. Uh, I think they have a pretty good shot, shot to win the AOS this year. I don't think the Angels are going to be super consistent throughout the year just because of how bad their pitching's been. Uh, I know their offense has been really good, but I feel like pitching is something that you have to have. And I don't know if they're going to have it all throughout the whole season. But the the Mariners are a very fun team to watch. I think especially at home this year, there's a good chance they win upwards of 50 to 55 games this this year at home alone. And when you have that and you go just 500 away from home, you even set yourself up for 95, 97 wins. So I think Seattle ends their playoff streak this year and finally gets in and goes ahead and wins the AL West for the first time since like 2001. So good for them or maybe good for them if it ends up working out next up the four spot. Number four is where I have Seattle. Uh, I, I agree. You know, they went out and got their guys and I think the most important part is that they have a lot of flexibility now. Uh, And this is another situation I'll get more into this later, but if someone starts slumping, then there's another guy waiting who's just as good. Yeah. We did also just see J-Rod hit his first career home run, and he killed that ball. Uh, we also have – we'll talk about J-Rod later on uh, yeah. when we do another segment of the show. But my four seed is the Yankees. I think the the stuff that they're doing right now is definitely going to benefit them uh, once it gets to August. If they have a slow stretch – they're going to be able to thank, thank the Lord for that 10-game win streak that we had back in uh, April and May. I don't know if they're going to – we'll see. We'll see when it comes out. I think four spot is a pretty good spot for them, though. They might even have a better record than the Twins or the Mariners. But uh, I think the Blue Jays just has to edge them out for that division spot. Next up, the five seed. All right, five, I have Minnesota. So technically this would be the last division winner. Here, best pitching in baseball. Buxton's looking like an MVP. It's looking good for them so far. Yeah. 
Number five for me, I went with the Rays. I think the Rays have kind of underachieved a little bit to start the season, but they're finally starting to get going a little bit. Uh, and they're a team that you just can't count out. Can't, can't count out. Sorry, that was a little tongue twister. Uh, but, I mean, they're just so deep. That's just how the Rays are. Uh, and we know that they have had a lot of experience just in the past few years alone at just winning regular season ball games. So I went with the Rays at five. Usually that would be the last playoff team in, but this year, change the playoff format. We have six teams now, and who will be that sixth spot for you, Skyler? All right. The extra spot for me is the White Sox. I know they've got off to a horrible start. No one is playing good right now except for some of the pitchers, Tim Anderson and Andrew Vaughn, but they have a lot of firepower. I think they're going to get it eventually, and the extra spot helps them. You know, They could be just over 500 and get in this year. Yeah. I went with the White Sox here as well. I, I know, I mean, scoring 72 runs is just so bad in the first 24 games or whatever it's been. But they're going to get going eventually. I think this team is too good to go ahead and actually just be bad this whole year. And I think they'll end up being better than the Angels. I think they'll end up being better than Houston. And I think, honestly, they'll probably end up being better than the Red Sox as well. Uh, so I went with Chi-Town as that sixth spot. On to the National League. Who do you got the number one spot? Number one spot. I still have the Mets here. Again, similar theme. I If I you know don't have a problem with them, I'm not going to aggressively change the order. And I don't have yeah. a problem with the Mets. They just threw a no-hitter, too. Uh, the bullpen has been their biggest problem historically. It's been just fine so far the past couple of weeks. So yeah. I guess we got to wait and seen, see for them to collapse. <laughs> we haven't seen the Lull Mets. Uh, and maybe, I don't know if we'll see the Lull Mets this year. Uh, but I went with the Dodgers at number one. I think... Until the Dodgers prove me wrong, like I'm not going to go against the Dodgers just because of how stacked that team is. They already have a plus 47 run differential. They've allowed 55 runs this year, which is outrageous. Uh, and yeah, so I went with the Doyers at number one, uh, and that leads us to number two, where I expect together to have the Do Dodgers here. Yeah, this is the Dodgers. Uh, a lot of new faces, but you know, like you said, they should still be fine. I think it's there's not a big drop off here between the Mets and Dodgers in my scenario. And yeah, that's that's the Dodgers, unfortunately. <laughs> I went with the Mets at number two. I would love to see an NLCS between the Mets and the Dodgers. I think those two teams would have a very fun se series to watch, and hopefully that ends up going seven games if we get one of those. So Mets at number two. One of my favorite teams to watch this year. One of my big MLB TV teams right now, as far as them and the Blue Jays. I'm watching all the games that I can. Next up, number three. Number three, I got Milwaukee. Finally starting to put it together. And that nasty rotation and entire pitching staff really is uh, is on fire. Yeah, I actually went with the Cardinals here. Uh, I still think they're going to win the division. That was my preseason prediction. Uh, they've slowed down a little bit from their hot start, but I think they'll go ahead and get it going. I think St. Louis is going to be a great spot for those Cardinals to play uh, come July and August when the weather gets hot. On to the wildcard teams for me. I don't, I believe they're the wildcard teams for you as well here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and national league was, was, was good. Yeah. Uh, on. So I guess that number four spot. Yeah. Number four spot. I got the Padres. Uh, like I've been saying, it's an arm factory. 
and they've been scoring runs too. Guys like Eric Hosmer stepped up, a guy who we thought was going to be one of the least valuable players in the league is hitting over 300. It's crazy. Yeah. I also am going with the Padres. And the biggest thing that I see is I got to credit Bo Mel. Bo Mel has done such a good job with this team. We've seen just in years past, those A's teams that we've had have been a very close knit group where they're having fun and enjoying each other's presence and stuff like that. And you can already see that with the Padres. I think having that camaraderie is such a big thing in today's day uh, of baseball and probably in forever of baseball. I think team chemistry has yeah. probably been a big thing. And their uh, best player is not even back yet. either. Exactly. Once Tatis comes back, this team, if they had Tatis this whole season, they'd probably win a hundred plus games. I think they'll probably slow down a little bit before Tatis comes back. But once they get Nando, uh, this team will pick up just continuously. I think probably 95, 97 wins, maybe. Next up, the number five seed. My number five team is going to be the Giants. They don't allow runs. I'm, like everybody else, a little skeptical. All of their arms have never had to carry a load like this before in their entire career. So possible injuries coming here in the dog days. But as of right now, they're looking pretty good. Yeah. Number five spot here is going to be a shocker. I have the Rockies. I think the Rockies are super fun to watch this year. Their lineup has been peace in the ball, one through nine. Uh, I think Chris Bryant, again, was just an amazing signing when it comes to that. CJ Crone's been going ham. Randall Gritchick's been good. Charlie Blackman, he's been pretty good as well. Uh, pitching obviously needs to take a step up, but I don't think that team would be that scared to become buyers at uh, the, the trade deadline to go ahead and get a somewhat big arm uh, in order to help the future. Uh, and I think the Rockies are going to be my surprise team throughout the rest of the season. Last spot in the national league and last spot in the playoffs in general here. Last spot's going to be the Cardinals. Another tight knit group here that another situation where you probably just have to play 500 ball, uh, after the summer and you'll be fine because of that ballpark they're playing in. But not not a, I don't uh, you know have that much faith in Colorado or Miami. So this was a pretty easy six for me. I, I don't have much else to say. Yeah, I went with Atlanta at six. I think they. Uh, There's the the one I forgot. <laughs> I'm definitely not gonna count them out. I think they they had a very similar start to the last season, the like this where they got a slow start and they really didn't pick up until August and they ended up winning the NLE last year. And then we all know what happened after that. They went on to win the, the world series. And this team is a lot better. I think than last year's team, I think Olsen's an improvement from Freddie Freeman, obviously getting Acuna back is a pretty big thing for them as well. So brave sneak in the last spot. Then uh, maybe they go ahead and win the world series again. Who knows? That's going to do it for this segment. Let's go ahead and get to what will there be more of. We have three different things. We'll go over each. Uh, the first two, though, is will there be more Reds losses or J-Ram RBIs? Right now, the Reds are 3-19, and and J-Ram, I believe, has 28 RBIs. Let me go ahead and pull it up real quick. Uh, I think you were right. Yeah, 28. 28 RBIs. Oh. You know, this is probably the closest one on here, in my opinion. And what it came down to was 
J-Ram, his third place MVP season in 2018, he had 106 RBIs. The Reds have had three wins and we're a month in. So I'm going to go with the Reds here, but I, th- I think it will probably be a pretty close finish. Yeah. I think it will be a pretty close finish as well. I think the Reds could probably end up losing 110 to 115 games. Is just how bad their squad's been so far. And even Jonathan India go ahead and get in a hurt for the second time already this season. Yeah. Uh, and J-Ram, I mean, that Guardians offense is so weird. They don't hit a lot of home runs. But they have a lot of guys that hit for average, which set up those J-Ram RBIs. I don't know how consistent that lineup in uh, Cleveland is going to be. So I, I'm i going to go with the Reds' losses. I think J-Ram probably gets over those 100 RBI mark, and then the Reds probably end up getting to 110 or 112 losses. Next up is J-Rod stolen bases or Aaron Judge home runs. Right now, J-Rod leads the MLB in stolen bases with nine. And then Aaron Judge just hit his eighth home run yesterday, I'm pretty sure, or the day before. So what do you think? J-Rod or a Not A-Rod. J-Rod or Aaron Judge? This one was pretty simple for me. Aaron Judge is playing for a contract right now. He's locked in. He always has a spot in the lineup, unlike Julio Rodriguez, who uh, he may deserve it. He's been crushing the ball, getting on base, but he may have to take a seat. At some point, if the Mariners aren't back in first place soon here. So that's uh, what decided it for me. I'm going to go ahead and say Aaron Judge has the home run. Uh, I wouldn't say Ward, but has more home runs than it. J-Rod does stolen bases. Uh, and there's a real chance that Aaron Judge goes ahead and wins an MVP this year just because mm. if the Yankees do win 100 games and they are the one seed, or even if they're not the one seed, but they're that four spot – uh, and Aaron Judge ends up hitting 45 home runs. He he's probably going to be a name in that at least that final three. And I think, uh, especially with the stadium that they're playing in, I think it's pretty possible for Aaron Judge to have a, a lot more home runs than J Rod. And I didn't even know J Rod was a, this much of a stolen base guy. I thought maybe mm-hmm. 20 in a season, but right now maybe 30 or 40. Sticking on. Though. The Brox Bombers. Uh, we have Blue Jay home runs or Yankee home runs. Right now, the Yankees are edging them by one with 32, and the Blue Jays are 31. Uh, these teams are ranking one and two, though. So a lot of bombing going on in the AL East. Who do you think has more? Never doubt the short porch, Kyle. Never sure. doubt it. Um, I feel like the Yankees lineup's a little deeper. So that could help them. But I agree. This is, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish one and two. Um, but the short porch helps a lot. Going with the Yankees. I am not going to go with the Yankees. I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. That lineup, I feel like, is just so much more deep than the Yankees lineup. Uh, one through nine for the Blue Jays, I think, could all be hitting bombs. And, I mean, we saw it with those 2015, 2016 teams for the Blue Jays. We're not, boom, 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 three home runs. Like, it's... Toronto Roger Center just is a tough place to pitch for opposing pitchers. And yeah. I think it's it's a very real chance that the Blue Jays break like a home run record this year or something like that. So I'm going with the team up north in Canada. That's going right. to do it for the first half, though. Let's go ahead and get to halftime. All right. Welcome to halftime. It's all NFL this week. We'll start off with the draft. 
always one of my favorite things to check in on every year. And we got winners and losers every year. Uh, obviously, we don't know 100%. We haven't seen these guys on the field yet. But we can kind of tell based on the value. Who is a winner? Who is a loser right now? We'll start it off with the winners. Kyle, you want to start with one of your winners? Yeah, my one of my winners has got to be the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they getting Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum in the first round is a very good steal. And also trading away... Uh, Hollywood Brown for a pick that was higher than the pick that you drafted him with is a pretty good day for the Ravens. And then I also went with the Eagles. I think Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, AJ Brown, getting all those dudes. Uh, I know AJ Brown wasn't drafted, but really is part of the draft, I yeah. guess, in this case, uh, is a big, big W for the Ravens and the Eagles. So the birds did well. All right. So my winner is also the Ravens. So at the end of my spiel, I'll come up with another one for you guys. Uh, but my big thing for the Ravens when we did our offseason uh, grading was I, I really wanted them to get younger on defense. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, you know, Kyle Hamilton is one of the best players in this class. Uh, same with David Ojabo, who is going to be out for this first season, but is a first round talent when he's healthy. Also, same thing with Travis Jones, defensive tackle from UConn. And, uh, you know, last year I picked the Ravens to be the Super Bowl winners for this next season. If uh, you don't know, we like to do like five years in a row of Super Bowl predictions so uh, we can look back and you know, see how terribly wrong we were. Uh, but I'm maybe not this season, but the year after, I like the window for Baltimore, which is cool. Uh, another team I'll, I'll throw in there. We'll go with the Giants. Um, you know, they had two first round picks. And they got pretty good guys. And Kayvon Thibodeau at five, Evan Neal at seven. These are guys who are, you know, they're blue chippers immediately stepping in. And and they should be stars here for yeah. the Giants. Also got uh, Wendale Robinson, receiver from Kentucky. Uh, you may not know a lot about him, but if you're trading Kadarius Tony, this is a good guy to stick in there to replace yeah. him. Uh, for a loser, yeah. though, a loser, uh, I got to go with the Pats. Yes. Uh, I mean, everybody's like, or some people are like, oh, you like, don't doubt Belichick when it comes to drafting Cole Strange and stuff like that. Belichick has been a dog shit drafter for the last five years. I don't know. I mean, I really can't think of one pick that they've had where I'm like, wow, he really nailed that pick in the last five years. Like maybe a few fourth rounders, stuff like that they've, they've got, but their first rounders have been consistent misses the last like, five, six years at this point. Yeah. And it's unsurprisingly, probably my big loser was the Patriots too. And I could understand the Cole strange pick, you know, sometimes if you think your guy is your guy, you got to take them because a lot of the time your board is not going to be the same as the media's board. But the big thing for me is after that pick, they just took a bunch of kick returners, you know, and I, I guess, you know, it's the Patriot way. Everyone's got to start on special teams, but I mean, come on now, Belichick. Uh, another loser I'll, I'll throw in there, you know, and it, this isn't as bad as the Patriots, but I'll say the Cowboys. Tyler Smith in the first round is, he's not a horrible player, but he's probably not going to start a tackle. A lot of penalties. Similar with their second round pick, defensive end Sam Williams from Ole Miss. Another guy who's just not very disciplined. I guess it's a, a good replacement for Gregory, who also wasn't very disciplined, but uh, mm -hmm. 
the Cowboys are, you know, trying to repeat what already didn't work for them. Yeah. Another sleeper winner before we go on to this, yeah. this next thing here. Uh, I like the Bills draft class. I think Kyra Lamb, Elam is going to be pretty solid. James Cook, I really like that pick. Uh, Khalil Shakir is a tough one for Skyler, but a good pick by the Bills, I'd yeah. say. And then also a very sleeper one, the punt god, Matt Ariaza from San Diego State going to Buffalo. Those, I mean, you might not see the field that much because he's a punter on one of the best offenses in the league, but uh, that dude can punt. He, he's going to definitely, especially for that defense too, whenever they got a flip field, he's going to get the job done for them. So I think Bills had a very successful uh, draft class when they didn't really have any two crazy notable picks. Yeah, obviously this is one we'll check back in on in a couple of years. Mm. Uh, you know, see, again, how, how wrong we were. But uh, always interesting to see from a value perspective who was killing it over the weekend. Yeah. Next up, uh, let's talk about D-Hop because yeah. he got suspended for the first six games of the NFL season for uh, violating the league's policy as far as uh, performance-enhancing drugs. D-Hop did say that he passed his October test, passed his December test, but somehow his November test failed. Uh, but, I mean, I don't think he said that. I think his agent actually said that. Yeah. But uh, regardless, uh, I don't really know. So, tough for the, the thing Cardinals. is, he's, he's not appealing anything, which makes yeah. me think, he's like, oh, shit, that's right. I did have that that vitamin that's on the banned list i don't know if he's out there taking anabolic steroids but uh you know you should you should have your trainers you know in the loop of what's putting on the banned list yeah and usually i mean we'll see that half the time with the guys that we see uh getting back from or they get or get these suspensions are people that were hurt Mm -hmm. uh i mean it's obviously not football but ramon laureano when he got suspended for PEDs that was because if he was hurt, he was taking stuff to go ahead and help him recover quickly, stuff like that. So the hop again was injured last year, probably took this stuff because it was helping him heal and uh, ended up being on the banned substance list. I feel like the NFL should have these like stuff provided for people, like all their vitamins and stuff like that. So they don't have to go through this hassle of, Oh, is this, is this a substance that is going to get me banned? Cause I assume there's stuff that we've had before that would be on the banned substance list. Uh, just basically. Yeah, and also, you know, it, it could have been, he, he could have known what was going on. I, I completely blame Loriano and Montas when it happened to them and they're like, Oh, I didn't know my trainer gave this to me. Then don't put it in your body. You know? Yeah, it's tough, but, um, uh, sorry, D hop. I won't be picking you in fantasy this year unless you're around in the 12th round. I believe so. <laughs> Maybe some guys I will take, though. Uh, NFL trades, there was a couple over this past week uh, with the Browns moving. Not the Cleveland Browns, though. I remember last night when we were going over this. Yes. I was very confused when I said that the Browns were moving. Uh, but Hollywood Brown gets to go play with his college quarterback in Kyler Murray as he goes from the Ravens to the Arizona Cardinals. And then A.J. Brown goes from the Titans to the Eagles. Titans didn't take too long getting the replacement with Traylon Burks uh, being picked probably five, ten minutes after that trade happened. 
the Eagles get one of the best receivers in the league. I don't really care much about the Hollywood Brown trade. I don't think mm. the Cardinals are really going to be anything. Uh, but I mean, yeah, this AJ is Brown, uh, it's pretty hype. So. This is huge for Philly. This is a team who's been looking for a number one receiver for probably ten years now, and uh, they finally Alshon got Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they got it done. So good job for them. Mm-hmm. that's going to do it for halftime though let's go ahead and get back to where's your head at and the second half is just predicting the outcomes of the semifinal rounds in the nba playoffs we're going to start off with a game two that's going on right now celtics bucks celtics are currently up 25 at halftime so that series is probably going to be 1-1 uh, so in our case it's going to be a five game series i guess uh considering they're both tied at 1-1 so who do you think ends up winning this series, Skyler? I'm kind of regretting this because I did this before this game, but I'm just going to ride it out. I'm going to go Bucks and seven. Giannis is the best player in the league. We talked about this. No Middleton will hurt. But stealing game one is big. You know, if this exact thing in game two happening, you know, uh, just an absolute domination from Jalen Brown happening in game one, it'd be a little different. But But stealing the game... Game one is big. We'll talk about it again. It happened in another series. Uh, and I think that could decide the series. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say Celtics in seven. I think this series is going to be super, super fun to watch. And I think out of all these series, this is by far the hardest one to predict. But the Celtics, I think their defense is just going to develop really, really well throughout the series. I know Giannis is pretty much unstoppable. But I think they can go ahead and find a way to limit Giannis and make everybody else hurt them. And with, if they had Middleton, I think the Bucks go ahead and win this series. But with no Middleton, I'm going to have to go with the Celtics. If the Bucks end up winning this series, I'm not going to be disappointed or anything like that. If the Dubs somehow end up getting eliminated, I'm going to root for the Bucks to go ahead and win anyways. Just because I want Giannis to continue his GOAT resume and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm going Celts in seven. Next up, game two for this series is also tonight. So probably when this is being posted, you guys already know what's going to happen. At least in game two of this series, it's the Dubs and the Grizzlies. Game one went to the Dubs. They're obviously up 1-0 right now. This one, I'm going to go Warriors in seven. It's a similar situation to the series before, uh, but it's really hard to win in San Francisco. So grabbing that game one on the road is, is big. Especially without Draymond, they uh, they proved a lot that they're not just uh, the Pool Brothers or or whatever. Here, this is uh, the Splash Bros. Well, okay, I know I know that, but there was something something else I was hearing on TNT. But <laughs> it's bigger than that. This is uh, this is a group that's ready to go. Yeah, I'm going with the Dubs in five. I think this is. Uh, there's a possible sweep opportunity in this series. Uh, but when I l- look at game one of the series and pretty much any series, you can see kind of how a series might go. If a team shoots really well from three a game, you might say, well, that's probably not going to happen in all these. So maybe they, they drop some in the future. The officiating obviously went one side. Then you can see that as well for certain things. And I'm looking at this game and just about everything went the Grizzlies way. They got that random 30 point performance from Jaron Jackson. And even if Jaron Jackson doesn't score all those points, Bain's going to score some. So I'll say combine 40 points from them or 45 points, whatever it may be. 
The Bucks, or not the Bucks, the Grizzlies shot better from three. They shot 40%. They're not going to do that every single game. Ja hit four threes alone. He hit four, seri- four threes a series before that. The officiating was obviously favoring the Grizzlies. Warriors didn't have Draymond. We didn't shoot well. You got bad games from Clay and Steph, kind of, shooting the ball. And obviously Draymond, too. So, I mean, there's a lot of things where I'm like, the Dubs didn't play well. And they ended up winning this game. I don't know how quickly this Grizzlies team is going to fold because they're young. They don't know any better. But I think there's a serious chance for the Dubs to go ahead and take the series in five or less. That would be hype. Yeah, I'd be pumped about that. Uh, Heat Sixers. This game two is tomorrow. Heat are up 1-0. No Embiid right now, obviously. We don't know really when he's going to come back. There's a chance he plays game three and game four uh, and onward from there if the series continues. But who do you got in this series with the one-seeded Heat versus the four-seeded Sixers? I'm going to go with the Heat in five games here. Like you said, Embiid's return's unclear. Harden's not really helping anybody right now. And the biggest concern with Miami was how they would put together their rotations in the playoffs and a lot of bench minutes and it's helping Butler. It's helping out bio. It's helping PJ Tucker. They're all able to be rested, come in to the fourth quarter, being able to play defense too. And uh, I think it should be pretty quick for Miami. I'm going to go ahead and say Miami in four, by the I way, think, Tyler, uh, sorry, Tyler hero, six man. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That did get announced. I put that on our yeah. Twitter today. So all of our followers should go ahead and turn on Twitter notifications. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter because we got everything on there. But uh, Heat and four in this series. I don't think if Joel Embiid, every single game Joel Embiid doesn't play, the Sixers aren't going to win that game. They just don't have the ability to. I don't think James Harden's a leader when it comes to that standpoint. And I think uh, maybe even Harden's career in Philly might not even last that long. If MB does come back, I don't know how crazy it's going to be because I think out of any team, the heat match up pretty well with the Sixers. As far as MB goes, I think Bam's one of the few people in the league that can actually go ahead and put up some competition against Embiid. So I'm going to go ahead and say Heat in four, they sweep this one uh, and then lose against whoever may be the Celtics or the Bucks. Last series here. This one's pretty obvious. It's not pretty much just a matter of how many games you think it's going to be. It's the Mavs and the Suns. Suns took game one yesterday. Uh, I didn't watch really any of that game, except for I did have a, a bet on it. Uh, but Suns won by seven points. So who do you think is going to win this series and by how many? I got the Suns in six games. Luca's going to make this one look really interesting for a second, and it will be must-watch TV. The problem is he has no help, so it won't last for very long. But when he's going, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, Luca is going to have a game in this series where he drops sixty or something like that and wins wins a game, and that's when people are going to be saying Luca's the best player in basketball, stuff like that. Or the Mavs need another star, whatever it may be. That pretty much happens for one guy every single year. Uh, but I think the Suns probably win this one in five games. Uh, I don't think they sweep. I think it's pretty probable that the Mavs go ahead and take a game in the series. Uh, even if Luka averages 45, it's, it's, it's not going to be enough. Jalen Brunson's good, but the consistency isn't quite there yet. 
Uh, and the rest of that team just isn't, isn't there at all. So Suns are deep. Mavs are not. That means Mavs in five in my yes. idea. Uh, but yeah, that's doing it for our semifinal round predictions. We'll touch up on these next week. We'll see how all the series are going, obviously. And that leads us into the layups and bold predictions for this week and last week. And we had a pretty good week last week. We went five or four out of five. Because uh, Skyler kind of had two layups from last week that were carrying over the, from the past few. Last week, I had dubs in five. That was before game five anyways. So I just said the dubs are going to win that one. And they ended up doing that. Skyler had Phoenix win series in New Orleans or versus New Orleans. And that ended up did happening. I think they also won in New Orleans anyways. So I yes. guess that would have been right regardless of what it, it actually was there. And then you also had Milwaukee over Chicago. That was from like three weeks ago. Ended up finally, oh, yeah. finally hitting. So good job there. Thank you. This week, I have the Dubs being the Grizzlies in the series. I'll probably end up not having this done until next week or the week after that because game four isn't even until next Wednesday or something like that. So it's quite a ways away. But uh, I'm saying the Dubs beat the Grizzlies in the series. All right. I'm going to go with some baseball. The Astros will win the series against the Tigers. Slow start for Houston. The pitching we saw about two weeks ago, starting to come back. Now it's the hitting. We saw Kyle Tucker hit about 500 last week. He's on fire, and the rest should be following Kyle Tucker. So I'm going to have them win the series against Detroit, who's not very good. Yeah, Detroit has been struggling. Uh, let's go to last week for our bowl predictions. I had Pelicans taking down the Suns. Uh, that did not happen. I didn't think Devin Booker would be playing in that series at all, but obviously ended up did playing, so... That was tough there. And then Skyler had the Rockies sweeping the Reds. Reds are, <laughs> they're so sorry. They're so sorry. They went two and one to start the season. They've gone one and 18 since. I tried to avoid the Reds picks this week. Couldn't yeah. Tell. It's at this point, a sweep against the Reds is becoming a layup. So it, yeah. it's kind of tough there, especially for all the Cincinnati fans. At least you got the Bengals. That was, that's what it cost. Sold your soul. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and Hunter Green's soul as well. Uh, but this week I went with the heat sweeping the Sixers is my bold prediction. Ooh, sorry, yawn. All right. I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks winning game two at Phoenix. We talked about it. There's going to be a game where Luca goes nuts. They actually pull it off. And I, I'm predicting here. It'll be game two tomorrow. Uh, I'm don't know how confident I am in which day it will happen. I just know it's going to happen. So I'm throwing it down as game two. Yeah, I I hope for Dallas's sake that that happens in Dallas. I yeah. think that'd be a pretty cool moment yeah. for them because Luca has had all these big moments and stuff. And I feel like, especially that bubble game winner, obviously wasn't in Dallas. There's no fans there. That was a pretty cool moment. I think uh, his moment like that against Phoenix tomorrow that'd be pretty, or not tomorrow, but the uh, Friday or Sunday, whenever it is. I think that'd be a pretty cool moment there. But if they do win tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of people saying, oh, maybe Dallas can go ahead and stick around with Phoenix and take them down. I wouldn't listen to them, though. Phoenix is going to win this series. Uh, And I think Skyler believes that, too. And just about everybody else on the planet, as of right now, they think that, I don't know, in the future. That's going to do it for episode 86. It's been a fun one. Whenever we have these baseball, basketball, football episodes, it's pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. Really quick, though, 
Yes. Stanley Cup playoffs started. Oh. Who's winning the cup, Skyler? Who's Tampa winning Bay. it? Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'm going yeah. for the, the, the <laughs> 3P. I don't know. I don't know the seed seating at all in that. I haven't checked any of I haven't that. watched a hockey game since they played in Lake Tahoe. Let's see. <laughs> playoff <laughs> matchups. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, first round, Florida versus Washington. <sighs> Toronto versus Tampa Bay. That's a series. Carolina versus Boston. Rangers versus not the Steelers, the Penguins. Uh, Avalanche versus the Nashville Predators. Minnesota Wild versus St. Louis Blues. Calgary Flames versus the Dallas Stars. And Edmonton versus the Kings. Maybe we Kings go, finally uh, made the playoffs. We there go. we go. <laughs> not, not, not the Sacramento Kings, so They're still in the depths of hell. Uh, but... Maybe we go watch some games at uh, Shavi's house. Maybe. I'd be interested in, in getting in to Maybe. the Stanley Didn't... Cup. Late admission to the hockey yeah. season. Yeah. I mean, uh, still got to find a way to get those hockey credits in. So yeah, exactly. we'll get it in maybe once the Stanley Cup actually starts. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. No Golden Knights, though. So that's no Good Sharks either. So that's tough. Yeah. But that's going to uh, do it. Next week, we probably still won't know any more than we know today about the basketball playoffs. Probably, yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah Pretty much well, the same thing coming next week. Exactly, except for more baseball headlines, some more mm-hmm. fun ones as well, probably. Uh, NFL, it's probably going to be one of the slower weeks, honestly. Maybe we'll someone gets commit. hurt at OTAs. Maybe, <laughs> hopefully not. I mean, Debo gets released or extended. <laughs> Or, or traded. I don't think that happens, though. Uh, but we'll see. We'll talk to you guys in a week. See you Tuesday. Go Warriors. Yeah, go Dubs. Yeah, go Sharks. <laughs>